If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me hey everyone, welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. Today, I have my brother Michael on as we talk week 13 of the NFL season. Uh, we quickly recap the Kareem Hunt situation and how that affects the playoff picture, how that affects the Chiefs' chances going forward. Uh, we focus in on both the AFC and the NFC playoff picture and who we think is going to make the playoffs. And we also talk about our fantasy teams. Thankfully, I have a week by week this week uh, making it into the playoffs as the number two seed, so hoping to win some money um, this season. So thanks for listening, guys, and just tune in and enjoy. So let's give my brother a call. Hello. Hey, Mike. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. I know we weren't able to get you on last week, but I'm so glad that you're back on. Yeah, some once in a while work just comes up, but uh, it's good to be back, back on the podcast. Yeah, so what was interesting, I was looking at your Instagram stories from yesterday and from this, uh, from this past weekend, and you were actually at an NFL game this week. Yeah, so it was actually a lot more exciting than we thought. So it was a Raiders versus... Uh, Kansas City game and surprisingly competitive actually so we thought it was going to be like a 40 to 10 blowout but instead it was a 40 to like 30 game yeah and and you actually got to see Patrick Mahomes in the flesh live and all that stuff so what did he look like in person uh being able to watch that game yeah I think the first thing that you notice with Patrick Mahomes is when he's just out of the pocket on the run his ability to make those honestly like bullet throws and also just those like long long throws like he's always looking downfield even when he's on the run so I think that's sort of what makes him dangerous and what makes their offense so explosive right it was interesting to see that you know Kareem Hunt's absence really didn't affect the offense as much I mean they are playing the Raiders but you know that defense you know to let the Raiders put up 33 points on them at it's uh, it's a little bit worrying there. Yeah, and I mean, you didn't men- you mentioned a couple of things that were uh, a little interesting. Um, obviously, the big off or the big like off the field issue with Kareem Hunt not being on the team anymore. Um, obviously, that was big news that ended up happening last week. Um, what are your general thoughts about that? Um, moving forward and how does that affect them um, as they make a playoff push? Yeah, I mean, I do think it lowers the ceiling of this kind of team. Uh, You know, Kareem Hunt, honestly, like, I I think the Chiefs did a great move in in sort of showing that relatively zero tolerance. It's it's weird because you still have uh, a Tyree kill on that team, but for some reason it's okay that Kareem Hunt, you know, is let go, but now that's a whole nother issue. Um, I, I think it does really lower the feeling of this team in terms of their offensive capability. And just like, you know, in the playoffs, you could sort of, you have more time to scheme against your opponent. Um, so, you know, trying to limit what Patrick Mahomes could do um, is going to be what a lot of teams are going to think of. And to not have that sort of run game option that you can rely on as much here, I think it's going to sort of, it's, it's going to lower the ceiling here. Right, and I guess maybe even uh, focusing on Kareem Hunt, do you think he ends up getting signed this year, or do you think he even plays this year, um, what his outlook is like? And then also, what you think about who eventually signs him? Is there a team that maybe you think uh, looks out for running back help um, and like basically dismissing and disregarding a lot of the legal issues that are going on uh, with him right now and uh, disregards that and just ends up signing him uh, to help their team uh, win football games. Yeah, I think 
I think it's going to be fun, uh, like tough to find a team until next year. So, <clears throat> you know, I could definitely see a team giving Kareem Hunt a chance next year, right? Kareem Hunt comes out, says all the things like, you know, I've grown as a man. I've, I've learned from the experience who actually knows what, you know, what, what's actually happening there. But, you know, I could see a world where he says the right stuff, a team like, I don't know, like the Eagles or something, um, you know, picks him up. And, uh, and yeah, I, even our Jets could potentially sign him. Right, exactly. And I think that I, I reiterate, or I talked about all the things that I thought about initially um, mm-hmm. in last week's podcast about what ended up happening. But even even this week, I think this kind of solidifies my thoughts. Uh, having some more time thinking about um, what ended up happening um, it just seems like he there. I think there's just things that he needs to learn about, um, especially going through this process of um, being released from the team, um, getting in trouble by the league. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what the league punishment is, um, mm-hmm. especially with all the backlash of all this stuff happening. I'm curious to see like what type of punishment he actually receives and at and post that which team ends up taking a risk and signing him. Um I think that's gonna be a really fascinating thing because he's really young into his career. Um mm-hmm. this is only his second year, so he's at the prime in terms of his talent level and I I'm curious to see because I think he would be one of the top five to 10 running backs taken um, in like a fantasy mock draft type of thing or fantasy Mm. draft in terms of running backs taken. So he's definitely a top level talent. So I'm curious as to see what type of uh, tolerance certain teams have in terms of taking a risk on someone like him um, who has these character perceived character issues because of uh, this incident happening. Yeah. You run down the list and there's quite a decent number of teams that could potentially sign someone like him. Uh, you know, I look at like the Ravens as one, the bears, the Buccaneers, Colts. <laughs> Can't even imagine like Andrew Luck, the nicest person in the league, ending it off to, Kareem Hunt and how that locker room will be. But, you know, I, I, I did one last note on this. I did find it pretty interesting that Patrick Mahomes came out so against, like, you know, Kareem, Kareem Hunt in a sense and saying, like, you know, we don't do that here. And, and you have Tyree Kill still on your team. So right. I, I really wonder how, you know, how he sort of justifies that or um, how he sort of processes that in his mind. Right. And I, I think it gets into this whole other aspect of um, the morality of um, keeping certain players on a football team and whether it's all about the wins per se and like just talent getting wins for a team or if it's kind of like in quotes winning the right way with the right type of players and people Um, Mm. I think it gets into that whole aspect of things of does it feel okay to root for a team um, that has certain people on their team um, that haven't necessarily been quote unquote choir boys and they've kind of done certain things and aren't necessarily clean, but they win football games. um, And where does that line end up falling? So that it's always an interesting question um, as to, where that line ends up falling uh, for certain teams, because certain teams are a lot more conservative than other teams, I feel like. So I think all, all that is a really fascinating, like step back in terms of what type of, I don't know, what type of, Right. What type of culture that a manager general general manager wants to implement um, for that team. So I think that it, it plays a lot of different types of it, issues that kind of stem um, larger than just the on field product um, mm-hmm. that goes on. But 
I also wanted to talk about the the on-field product of the Kansas City Chiefs defense that you kind of alluded to and being, you know, giving up 33 points to the Raiders when the Raiders have been struggling. Mm-hmm. I think that's got to be a big concern for the Chiefs as they go into the playoffs in terms of are they going to just be able to outscore people in the playoffs? Um, and I feel like their defense is going to have to definitely play a huge role in the playoffs eventually. Maybe not like hold teams to under 20 points, but they're going to have to certainly make plays. Yeah, and, you know, I look at this Chiefs team and, you know, I sort of had them ahead of the Patriots before, but at this point, losing Hunt, um, I, just some weirdness in, the, in you know, in, in the locker room right now. I mean, I would probably have the Patriots ahead of the Chiefs um, as we look towards, like, the AFC playoff picture. Mm. And, I mean, as we look towards the AFC playoff picture, there's, like, a couple teams there, like Houston's obviously surging, and they've won nine straight games now. Mm-hmm. And they they've clearly been on fire. Um, been at nine and three. I mean, we spotlighted them a couple weeks ago uh, when talking about them, and they've certainly surged. And and the Patriots, like this, has probably got to be like the quietest like Patriots run. They've kind of like, oh, yeah. turned they've turned out wins, but like all the focus has been on Kansas City um, in the AFC specifically. But then in the grand scheme of things, like people have been trying to have been focusing on new Orleans and been focusing on St. Louis. Um, but the Patriots are quietly nine, nine and three, and three. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty fantastic record. Like, you know, for all the hype, like there have been a lot of nine and three Patriots teams, but I think this has been the least hyped Patriots team. Uh, that's been nine and three or, you know, this has that kind of record in the season. Right, and I mean, they had a nice win over the the Vikings. The mm-hmm. Patriots were at home. Um, it was twenty four to ten win, um, and it's not like Brady or that offense looked prolific in any way, but they it seemed like they did enough to be able to grind out a victory, and mm-hmm. I think that's kind of been the story of why I think a lot of people haven't been climbing on the hype train for the Patriots is because. There isn't anything super flashy that this Patriots team has shown or super dominant that this Patriots teams have shown in comparison to past Pats teams. So I think a lot of a lot of it is people kind of comparing this team to past Patriots teams instead of comparing them to other teams in the league right now. And mm-hmm. I think it's some it's a somewhat unfair ca- comparison that people are making. Um, kind of like basically they're not living up to their own very high expectations. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with that. It's it, we're just used to a certain expectation and certain standard from standard from um, New England right now at this point. Right, and I think that's kind of like you you expect something more from this New England team. And I think people are still waiting. Like, I think even Pats fans themselves, if you were to interview them, they would kind of be like, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're nine and three, but we still want to see something more from Brady and the offense. Yeah, I mean, but when we look at the losses here, like, you know, they dropped a few very, you know, the Jaguars, Lions, and Titans here. Like, this this team could honestly be like a 12-0 and 0 right now. Right, they got a pretty impressive win against the Chiefs. They beat a pretty impressive Bears team. Um, I mean, they even beat the the Vikings here. Like they are beating impressive teams. It's not like they've had a cakewalk kind of schedule here, um, and they're really dropping some like questionable games that I can't see them losing in the playoffs. So I think this is a a little bit of a sneaky Patriots team right now, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in in the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I mean, so like, is that? Let me ask you this then. So as of today, who are you taking the Patriots to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? I think they'd be my. I think they'd likely be my favorite here, but mm-hmm. I do think the Chiefs and the Chargers, um, you know, could be dangerous here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's another interesting. Um, 
interesting team that you just brought up too. The Chargers were able to pull out a really, really compelling game against mm-hmm. um, the Steelers last night um, in, in the Sunday night game. And I, I watched a little bit of that game and I found it very compelling because in that first half, the Steelers just were firing on all cylinders in terms of, you know, the offense looked really good. Big Ben was throwing it, slinging the rock to Antonio Brown, and James Conner was kind of getting back um, on his grind, rushing for yep. two touchdowns. And then, what for whatever reason, in the second half, they just could not do anything at all. It was um, it was really fascinating to watch. And then, you know, this, the Chargers were able to make make up ground in that second half. And in like classic uh, Chargers fashion, like the kicking game towards the end of that game got very like it was like yeah yeah. yeah, a lot of special teams drama but they were able to pull it out in the end um but I found it really fascinating that Philip Rivers is leading this team um and I'm I'm really excited about the AFC playoff picture because there's a lot of I think there's a lot of good teams emerging that we didn't expect to emerge uh in the preseason yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But in terms of the AFC East, uh, not AFC East, but just the AFC in general, right? I'd, I'd be curious to hear who you think the six teams are and which one you think have legitimate chances at okay. making the Super Bowl. So let's run down the playoff picture right now. So as currently constituted, the Chiefs are number one. Um, the Patriots are the second seed. And then we have the Texans at number three. Um, Steelers at number four, um, the Chargers are the fifth seed, and the Ravens are sixth. So, it, so basically, the question is, I think whether or not the playoff picture kind of shifts from there. Um, I think, like as as of now, those six teams are, I would say, pretty solidly in in my book. Um, okay, my I think I mean that's. I think the Ravens, that Ravens slot, that six seed is obviously up for grabs. Um, yep. Let me list out all the teams that are in contention that are sitting at six and six in the AFC. You have the Dolphins, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Titans. And it's not like like all four of those teams really inspire. Like, like I don't feel great about the Dolphins at all. Um and yeah. the Colt, like the Colts ended up putting up a stinker this past weekend, like only not scoring any points against um, against that Jacksonville defense. Um, and I mean, I don't feel great about any of those those teams' chances. Um, yeah. The only, I guess, the the one team that I would kind of quietly look out for is probably the Broncos and. I think the Broncos might have the best shot of like doing well um, in terms of running the table because they have the 49ers, the Browns, the Raiders, and then the Chargers left on their schedule. And the Chargers mm-hmm. are sitting at nine and three. So it like it's it very well may be the Chargers might be locked into that five seed. And it it might not matter in week 17, so they might sit some guys, um, especially maybe giving Philip Rivers some rest, some something like that before a big playoff game. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that that game in week 17 against the Chargers doesn't mean much for the Chargers. So I think the Broncos are going to be one of the teams to look out for in terms of challenging the Ravens. And then also the Titans have like a lot of like pretty simple games. I just don't trust them as much, honestly, um, mm-hmm. especially, especially watching some of the Jets game. They did not look great. Even though they're able to pull it out, they did not look good against the Jets who, yep. where the Jets don't really have anything to play for at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a Jets fan, I'm basically hoping we just get a high draft pick. <laughs> yeah, if but, we could get a top five pick and shore up the offensive line or get a pass rusher, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah, agreed. 
So who do you think gets that six seed? I mean, I don't think the Ravens get it. I think, you know, I, I had the Colts there. And you know, it took a bit of a hit last week, but I still think the Colts uh, have a pretty good shot. But I do think it's between the Colts and the Broncos here. Yeah, I, I just look at the Colts' schedule. And mm-hmm. now that I look at it, it's a really tough remaining schedule. That They have the, t- the Texans next week. And then they have the Cowboys who are, mm-hmm. who are surging and doing very well. Then the Giants, that's a pretty winnable game. And then uh, they have the Titans in week 17, which will probably have some type of playoff implications um, if the Titans are still in the playoff race. So I think those are all really difficult games. I mean, that Giants game is winnable, but they kind of laid a dud. Against Tough out. The, yeah, they laid a laid a dud against that Jacksonville team this week. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect from them, especially um, especially before that. They they were looking really solid. So I'm not exactly sure what to expect from them. And they were running really hot on offense. And for them to put up zero points this week um, was a little perplexing. Um, mm-hmm. it, they, it, that kind of shocked me. So if if I were to choose someone other than the Ravens uh, taking the last spot, I'd choose the Broncos. Yeah, um, I, I might go there too. Last spot, but I think the Ravens are actually going to hold on to it. And I don't know. If, okay. I don't. I don't know if it's my infatuation with um, Lamar Jackson or anything, but for some reason, like. They just keep winning. Um, I don't know what it is. They keep winning with uh, Jackson in at quarterback. Um, so I don't know if it's just teams not knowing how to scheme for him because they aren't used to playing a running quarterback, like in terms of how dynamic he is. But they, they've been struggling. I mean, they do have two really tough games left on their schedule. They have the Chiefs, the always frisky Buccaneers, and then they have the Chargers, and then the Browns. So it's not like they have a cakewalk of the schedule, but they have a game advantage um, being at seven and five, whereas all the other teams on that list that I that I mentioned were at six and six. So that also plays another factor into it. So I think that's kind of where I'm leaning towards in terms of who gets the last playoff spot. I think. As a Jets fan, I don't want them to make the playoffs because that's a higher potential for John Harbaugh to get fired and possibly come to the Jets. Um, that's something that I'm kind of looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, I, I mean, I I would err and say that, you know, I have the Colts or the Broncos making it here over the Ravens, but... Um, I do see your points on that. I mean, the Ravens should be able to split those two games. They should be able to beat the Buccaneers at home. They should be able to beat um, the Browns at home. But I don't think that they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs or um, the Chargers when they're away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think those are the two tough. So if they're at, two, they sit at two and two, then they end up being nine and seven. Um, and that becomes like it's really hard to speculate, especially with all the tiebreakers oh, and things like that. But if nine and seven makes it to the playoffs, which which one of those teams is going three and one? Um, and then who you know who knows about the tiebreakers? I'm putting my money on the Broncos to maybe you know be nine and seven, and then from there it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I prefer the Broncos over the Colts. I, I thought the Colts were going to be able to lay a little bit of a smackdown against the reeling Jaguars, but um, I, I think the Colts could still pull it off, right? The Texans, like, you know, if they beat the Texans, which I think they have a very good shot of doing, because I can't imagine the Texans going 10-0, and you know, over 10 weeks, right? That's, like, unfathomable to me. And, you know, against the Cowboys – I'm still not sure if this Cowboys team is for real, per mm-hmm. se. I know they had some impressive win, especially impressive win against Drew Brees, but that defense is just playing out of its mind, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I actually could not believe how much pressure they were able to get on Drew Brees. Right? Yeah, it was crazy. Every dropback. Yeah, like that, that defensive line is not, you know, on paper that impressive, right? For them to like, it seemed like every 
every like you know every time Drew uh, Drew Brees like dropped back, he was getting at least someone in his face for getting some pressure, which we really haven't seen all season, right? We sort of know Drew Brees, you know, has some difficulty when he's getting rushed, right? Um, but yeah, they the defense played out of its mind. I just don't know if if that's going to travel well and it's going to sustain. Yeah, so why don't we actually talk about the NFC playoff picture? Because we, it seems like we've covered the AFC and we're pretty comfortable with the six teams that we've listed. Maybe some contention about uh, who fall, falls in that sixth seed. But mm-hmm. I think in the NFC, there's like a far more questionable picture and it's more in flux in terms of what what teams are going to be in. It doesn't seem like there's a clear division as like who's in and who's out. There just seems like a huge like pie of teams. And it's like, all right, Mm -hmm. take your poison in terms of who's going to be um, in the playoffs. So it's pretty clear at the top, the Rams already clinched um, at the top of uh, at the top of the um, NFC in Mm -hmm. terms. So they've already clinched a, um, a playoff spot at 11 and one. Uh, the Saints are sitting behind them with a shock loss against the Cowboys. I think um, in that Thursday night game last week, they're sitting mm-hmm. at 10 and two um, in the two seed. And then the three seed right now are the Chicago Bears. Um, the four seed is the Cowboys. The five seed is the Seahawks. And then the six seed uh, taking the second wild card as of now are the Vikings. Um, sitting at six, five, and one, and then the three—I would say the three teams—and I don't mean like the three teams that are at six and six right now are the Panthers, the Eagles, and then the Redskins. The Bucks are sitting at five and seven, and then the Packers are four, seven, and one. So I did kind of want to start off with talking about the NFC. The Packers—they ended up firing Mike McCarthy. Um, what are your thoughts on like this Green Bay team as they kind of like go into the last four games of the season without their um, longtime coach and Mike McCarthy? And like, what your thoughts are on how Aaron Rodgers has kind of performed in the last, I'd say, couple of weeks? And um, I mean, there's so much like national like debate like especially on those shows like first take and stuff like mm-hmm. whether or not Aaron Rodgers quit on Mike McCarthy, whether or not he's, I don't know, overrated and all this stuff. So I kind of wanted to pick your brain on what you think about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So I'm not sure that Aaron Rodgers, necessarily, I don't think he quit on any team, right? I, I don't think that he was, you know, putting in that 120%, like, excited to get into work every day. But I, I'm not saying he quit on the team, like, was purposely throwing, you know, bad throws, right? I, I just don't think that's how he's made up. I, I think he's still a competitor. I think, you know, he still wants to win. But if he's, you know, putting in the preparation he put it in for his MVP season, I'm not so sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and... Honestly, Mike McCarthy's firing was sort of a long time coming. He does have the pedigree of having that Super Bowl win under his belt. But at the same time, right, I think we've all sort of seen, uh, just you know, with this kind of talented Packers to be 4-7-1, you know, and also last season, uh, you know, to just not make the playoffs. It, it, it's just, it's, it's sort of an indictment of the coaching here. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, the last straw obviously was losing to the Cardinals at uh, twenty. Yeah, which is unacceptable. And the, that Cardinals team is not a good team. They're out of the playoffs, like very far out of the playoff picture, and have really nothing to play for other than develop Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, but they have really not much to play for. And the Packers have almost everything to play for in in terms of, like, I'm sure Mike McCarthy heard a lot of the rumors going on um, Mm -hmm. around his job security, and they still weren't able to get a win this past week. Um, And I'm not exactly sure what it is really about this team because they've kind of, like, found a running back in Aaron Jones. 
Um, I kind of know that because he's on my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. But, like, they found a running back in Aaron Jones. They have probably the top one of the top three quarterbacks in the league in Aaron Rodgers. And they, they still, have a top five, top seven wide receiver in Devontae Adams. Yeah, I would say top, like, clearly a top ten at least wide receiver mm-hmm. in Devontae Adams. And they still can't put up, like, more than 20 points against the Cardinals team. And I, and I'm not exactly sure what's really wrong with this team. It might be because of the coaching staff and um, things getting stale between McCarthy and, and Rodgers and maybe them needing to bring in a new mind. And I think that brings me to my point of, like, what, what type of coach are they going to hire for next year? Um, and bring in to kind of work with Rodgers in the in this like last phase of his career, like the last five years of his career. What type of coach are they going to bring in? Um, it seems like they kind of need this offensive coach to kind of like square things together with Rodgers and bring fresh ideas. I'm kind of curious if this is a job that Josh McDaniels is going to kind of jump at, especially with. Mm there being a tailor-made quarterback um, for his type of offense. And, like, obviously Aaron Rodgers fits into any offense. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just curious whether or not, you know, McDaniels is not going to screw screw another team over like he did the Colts last year um, and actually takes the job. Um, I'm curious if that's even on his radar or anything. But I think it would be a pretty interesting fit. And – if I mean, if McDaniel's does like, let's say if the Packers go to McDaniel's and ask him to be the coach, like I don't really know what more McDaniel's could want um, from a team. I mean, that's like a classic Green, like Green Bay is a classic team, and really one of those traditional powers. They have a quarterback put in place probably for the next three to five years, um, and one of the best at it at that. So I'm not exactly sure if McDaniels were to turn down that job off or what he would actually be looking for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if McDaniels get that, gets that Green Bay Packers offer, I think he takes it, right? You just don't turn down an opportunity to play with Aaron Rodgers. And honestly, that offense should be humming in a much higher tune. Like there are a lot of teams with, I, I mean, like, you look at the Saints, you look at the Chiefs, right? Like, why can't the Packers do something like that, right? I mean, defensively, I, I don't think that the Packers are much worse off than the Chiefs, right? So I just don't understand, like, what is this gap between a 4-7-1 uh, Packers team and this, like, 10-2 Chiefs team? Like, on paper, if you look at their rosters, like, it's it's not that different like you have the Jimmy Graham you have the Devontae Adams right um you have a decent running back now in Aaron Jones right but something about this offense should be you know putting up at least 30 points per game to lose to a Cardinals team like that it's it's you know you, you have to sort of make that change I think right, right. the coach head coach right and I think that's kind of where I think that's like definitely something that they had to make um, I don't know if it really saves their season because it seems like no, they're, on, they're they're too far out of it now to even make a push because they'd be even if they won out they'd be sitting at eight seven and one and I, I don't think that gets the job done to snag the second wild card spot. So looking at the, yeah, so looking at the other teams, is there a team that ends up like kind of like I think for me it's the the first question to kind of suss out here is the the I would say the NFC East playoff picture and trying to determine who's going to actually win that NFC East between the three teams. Uh, we're recording this on a really late on a Monday night, going into Tuesday morning now. Um, for me on the East Coast, so mm-hmm. the. Eagles ended up beating the Redskins in the Monday night game. Um, like the, the, it's during the game, Colt McCoy ended up hurting his um, his leg. I think he'll be out for the rest of the season. He broke his fibula, um, 
so it seems like he's going to be out. And guess who's coming back and leading this Redskins team? It's Mark Sanchez. So it's kind of it's pretty funny to like see that as a Jets fan uh, that Mark Sanchez is going to be torturing another another <laughs> another franchise, and especially a franchise that's very like that hits a lot of my friends down in D.C. It's pretty funny that he's affecting uh, their playoff picture. But out of those three teams, who are you taking to win the NFC? East? The, the Cowboys are one game up, sitting at 7-5. and five. Um, Out of those three, who are you taking? Because that there's a huge big, big NFC East game uh, between the Cowboys and the Eagles next week. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think you have to say the Cowboys, right? Like, mm-hmm. the the Eagles still have a game against the Rams, right? They're playing the Texans. Um, I mean, Yeah, it is not, a, not an it, it, easy schedule left. It's not an easy schedule for the Eagles. So, I mean, I think at this point, I would kick the Cowboys, um, even though I did like the Eagles earlier. But I think I, think I have to take... Um, the Cowboys right now off a four-game win streak to beat the Saints, right? That's that's truly sending a message. And if if the defense continues playing the way it does, like you know, Van Der Esch looks, uh, he 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 looks he looks amazing. He he's like tackling everything. Yeah, right? he, he looks like Sean. All... She looks like Sean Lee. It's crazy yeah. how how good they that pairing between Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith have looked extremely good and. You know, in previous years when Sean Lee would go down uh, for that defense, it, their defense would just fall apart. But they haven't even missed a beat, and they've almost looked better without him um, yeah. this year, which has probably been the difference for the Cowboys in, the, in this, like, short spurt of wins. And it kind of looks like that Jason Garrett's going to get his – I joked last week, but it looks like Jason Garrett's going to get his lifetime extension with the Cowboys, um, especially Please with no. the, right, especially with the way it's playing out right now. <sighs> I mean, as much as we joke about Jason Garrett, I mean, it is impressive this four-game win streak, right? I mean, we have to give some credit here. He beat the Eagles, he beat the Falcons, Redskins, and the Saints. Like his two hardest divisional opponents, um, and the Saints. So something is going right here. And honestly, like we give the coaches a lot of blame when things bad happen. I'll give some credit to Jason Garrett for things going on right now. Right. And I, I mean, I think the Redskins are almost a cross off team just because. Agreed. Because, you know, winning with your third string quarterback is going to be extremely tough. Like they're saying on the telecast today that Sanchez got signed like basically two weeks ago and only knew like 35 plays um, in the playbook. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to be able to work. Um, Like that's going to be extremely difficult for, um, for that Washington team to get up to speed, even though I really like their defense, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough for them to, to win. So I think it's between the Eagles and the Cowboys and I, it's kind of crazy, but I might have to lean towards the Cowboys because of their schedule in comparison to the Eagles and the Eagles still have the Rams and the Texans. And like, basically the, that game against the Cowboys next week is a must win for the Eagles to even keep it close because God forbid they go down two games. Um, The Eagles, they're not, I don't think they're going to make up that gap in the NFC East uh, to win the NFC East. So next week is a like they need to win next week for them to have any shot at um, I would say winning the NFC East. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So yeah, I mean in terms of this the rest of the playoff picture, so I think we both are the Cowboys right now, uh, Bears as well. What do we say? The Saints for sure, Rams for sure, right? So it's mm-hmm. really about you know who are these wild card spots going to be, and. Honestly, like, I mean, I like your, your prediction about the Seahawks is starting to look good. Uh, I know I was able to convince you out of that, but, um, you know, I'm sort of surprised by this slight surge from the Seahawks. 
Yeah, and I mean, they have the Vikings, they have the 49ers, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals, and it's kind of looking good for them. Even if they go 2-2, two and two, they would be sitting at 9-7 and seven, um, for the wild card spot, and I think that might even be enough to 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 basically make the playoffs in the NFC. Um, I think 9-7 and seven might be able to do it, especially with, I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of tiebreakers that we can't really foresee right now. But nine and seven might do it, and they have two pretty easy wins on the schedule with four, the four, against the 49ers and the Cardinals. So that's also a possibility. But they've looked really good in terms of um, the way they played in the past couple of weeks. I mean, they've um, they're on this like mini three game winning streak. I think. I think they've looked pretty solid, honestly, and mm-hmm. it's. I think it's a testament to Russell Wilson and how well he's looked, um, even without a bunch of talent around him. And their running game has been extremely impressive, with like some combination of Chris Carson, uh, Rashad Penny, like they've just kind of been able to cobble things together. Um, in that running game, and they've rushed for like 200 yards a game. It's pretty insane. Yeah, so, you know, as I look for those two wild card spots, I actually don't think the Panthers are going to make it, like, somehow. Uh, (laughs) You know, they play the Saints two more times. They they just look like a mess um, overall, right? Greg Olson's hurt again. Uh, Cam Cam just did not look good these past few weeks uh, finally like you know I, I just can't see the Panthers turning it around here just with their tough schedule um, the Vikings have you know a pretty moderate schedule coming up um, I, I, I do think they're just a little like they're too talented for them not to be in the playoffs I think they're too well coached right I do think that probably the Vikings and the Seahawks are my two yeah, like the way it stands right now, it looks like it's going to be the Vikings and the Seahawks just because, I mean, the Panthers have not looked good. Um, mm-hmm. They've lost four straight to drop from six and two where we thought, oh, wow, here comes Cam Newton. Um, and they're like pretty – they were like competing with the Saints um, in that NFC yeah. South. Um, and we thought they're it was going to be between them two all season. And – They've struggled like the last four games and not really like they haven't looked good playing like it they haven't been good in those games. Um Cam has kind of struggled. They've lost kind of these close games and I think it's taking a lot out of them. Ron Rivera made uh coaching change in terms of his assistants firing a couple letting go of a couple of assistants. So I wonder if that shakeup end up ends up doing anything for the team. But like you mentioned, they have the Saints twice left on the schedule, and that's going to be extremely tough for them to overcome. Um, maybe maybe the Saints lock up something, um, and they're not playing their guys in Week 17, and maybe that's a hope so that they can get three wins and beat the Browns, beat the, beat the Falcons, and then beat a like backup second-string Saints team in Week 17. That's a possibility, and they'll be sitting at 9-7, and seven, but they haven't inspired anything um, to even be able to think that they're going to rip off three wins in the last four weeks uh, no. with the play that they've had currently. So that's got to be a concern for this team. And I think there's a lot. There are going to be a lot of questions if they end up missing the playoffs, especially since they started at six and two. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I just can't. I can't see the Panthers just all of a sudden turning around. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll go with the Vikings and Seahawks. Yeah, I think I think the Vikings and Seahawks are going to be. I think those are going to be the two teams. Um, I'm also I, – I think the Eagles are going to be a little bit friskier than maybe you think, even though they have a tough schedule coming in. I think mm-hmm. they're kind of getting into that mode of like, all right, 
if we don't get it together, we're not even going to be able to make the playoffs to defend uh, our crown, basically. I think they're kind of like trying to shake off. They were like, they're clearly now they've like shook off all the rust in terms of like the Super Bowl hangover. And I think they're kind of like, all right, before it's too late, let's see if we can kind of cobble things together and make a run here. So I think they've kind of woken up a little bit. And I'm predicting they beat the Cowboys next week um, to kind of tighten up that NFC East because I think that's just a very NFC East thing to happen where it'll be super tight towards the end of the regular season. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, I could definitely see the Eagles coming up against them with the Cowboys right now. I'd say the Cowboys are favored for me just given their past play, but I mean, even with their win streak, you just don't really trust what you're seeing. <laughs> yeah, I really don't trust my eyes, basically. I'm just yeah. kind of like, like, is this actually for real? But, I mean, it's like as crazy as this sounds, Amari Cooper for the first round pick, it seems like it did something to this team because it's kind of opened up things for Zeke Elliott in terms yeah. of them not stacking the box. Um, yeah, again, against Zeke, like there's, he's not going against these eight man, um, um, boxes. So he's basically having a little bit more room to operate and Cooper's been able to kind of keep these defenses honest and they're playing a little bit more to, to safety, uh, looks where they're kind of sitting back and then Zeke has more room to run first and second down to keep it manageable on third. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I think Amari's been able to open it, um, you know, make this offense a little bit multidimensional here. Right, exactly. And I think I think it's all going to fall on Dak's shoulders, honestly. It, there's going to be, I think, moments in the stretch run where teams are going to try to take Zeke away still. And they'll probably just still load up eight guys in the box, mm. regardless of uh, Cooper, and then p- probably play double um, over Cooper, put that single safety over Cooper, and then see if any of the other guys like Gallup can beat their guys one-on-one in man coverage. So I think that's kind of like the look that I would play against this Cowboys team and see whether or not Dak could kind of lead this team, um, lead this team to the playoffs. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I do think that makes sense. And I'm I'm not sure if Dak will be able to do it, but we'll, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, I think this week wasn't, like, an extremely exciting week to watch games. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I thought the Chargers-Steelers game was pretty fascinating. Um to watch that was probably like the only really good game this past week and then there's a couple upsets like the Jaguars beat the Colts Cardinals I don't even really know if you could call that an upset the Cardinals beat the Packers because of how they're playing um the Giants ended up beating the Bears in OT that was a pretty big that was a good game yeah that was a good game um so I mean there weren't like too many great matchups um, this past week, but are there any games that you're kind of looking forward to in week 14, um, especially getting down to the, the last quarter of the season? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you the worst game of the bunch first off, and that's Jets Bills. Like I, I who's not, watching that game? Who's no watching, one's gonna like, watch it? Like I'm a Jets fan, and I'm I'm not even really tuning into that game. You can get tickets right now for seven dollars. <laughs> Exactly, and I don't know who would want to sit in 30-degree weather uh, to watch no. two bad football teams play. Yeah, does not sound like a good uh, Sunday activity. Um, yeah, so I think in terms of interesting games to watch out for, I think this Ravens-Chiefs game is interesting. Just uh, in terms of playoff implications uh, for the Ravens, this is, you know, I, I can't see them winning away um, at the Chiefs, right? just in terms of trying to keep up with that kind of offense. I just can't see the Ravens being able to keep up in terms of points scored, but I think it'll be a good test to see if 
um, you know, they're a legitimate playoff contender, at least just making sure that the game's competitive, right? Um, besides that, some Saints-Buccaneers, a little bit of a re- revenge game here. Um, so double revenge here. So the Saints will probably want to show that they're for real after a pretty embarrassing loss to the Cowboys um, and also get some, um, you know, revenge for the Buccaneers ruining that first week for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interestingly enough, I think the Colts Texans game is going to be another good game to watch out for. But besides that, I mean, you know, Eagles Cowboys, I think will be another great game. But besides that, I, I think those are um, the main games I'm looking out for here. Yeah, I mean, I think I put my bold prediction out that I think the Eagles are going to uh, take one against the Cowboys uh, next week. Um, and then two other matchups that I did want to highlight. The Rams-Bears game I think is going to be fascinating to watch because it's offense versus defense um, mm-hmm. to see which which one of those um, teams ends up prevailing. I'm not exactly sure what the status is on Trubisky and if he's going to be coming back for the Bears this, this week. Um, so I don't know what his status is in that in that regard, but I'm kind of curious to see how this Rams offense ends up uh, handling Khalil Mack. And then on the flip side of things, like how this defense, like what are some of the things that they do to slow down this Rams offense? I'm not exactly sure there's really a solution. And it just seems like this Rams offense just puts up 30 pretty easily, regardless of whatever team it is. So I'm curious to see what types of things they end up doing. And then um, the Vikings-Seahawks game, I think, is going to be fascinating, too, just in terms of, like, jostling for playoff position. Um, Mm. Yeah, these are two wildcard teams. Yeah, two wildcard teams. And I like the Seahawks in this game. Um, I just – I think I'm riding the Russell Wilson train. So I I feel really good about – how the Seahawks have looked. Um, and I think they're going to kind of continue that on, in the Monday night game. Interesting. So I, I like the Vikings here, to be honest. I know the Seahawks are at home. And you know, I think the crowd's going to sort of feel like a little bit of hope here <laughs> with the Seahawks and sort of understand like, hey, this is playoff implications. But I, for some reason, I like the Vikings on the road here. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Rams-Bears game, I think the Bears are going to be a sneaky out for the Rams, right? I think that the cold weather is really going to affect this Rams team. It's more used to playing in some uh, warmer weather and practicing in some warmer weather. I think it's really, really cold in um, in Chicago yeah. after having done a few projects there. Yeah, um, so you, you're familiar with how cold it gets in Chicago, so mm-hmm. I can't imagine throwing a football around in that cold weather. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, interestingly enough, like, what do you think about this Colts-Texans game? Do you think the Texans win it here at home? Uh, I'm pretty confident that the Texans are going to pull it out against the Colts. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it's going to be a bounce back track. Like, I think the Colts will be prepared, and I think it's going to be a good game. But I think the Texans are going to be able to pull it out. They haven't showed signs of really stopping. Um, they looked good against the Browns. I had the I had the Texans defense in fantasy, and they were able to produce. So, I'm not too concerned about this game uh, for the Texans. I think. I mean, I think they just are going to continue to win and see if they can get a bye um, in the AFC. And I think that's Mm -hmm. something that they're hoping for, um, being able to pull out a bye and see if what their – I think what their ceiling is. It's not like they're out of – like they're conceivably out of that um, picture of getting a first-round bye. So I think that's – a definite possibility for them. And as it gets closer and closer to playoffs, I'm more curious to see what matchups will look good for them, especially Mm -hmm. with Deshaun Watson being at quarterback. Um, And we all know like what type of 
I would say, trouble they gave the Patriots last year in the playoffs. Mm, I don't know. I feel like the Patriots see them every time in the playoffs. And Bill Belichick always sort of just handles business against the Texans. Yeah, I I mean, that's true. But I think there was a little bit of, like, their defense looked really good against um, the Pats last year. Mm -hmm. And I think with J.J. Watt back on that team, looking like, you know, this comeback player of the year type of candidate and producing on, like, a very high level, I think he changes the complexion of that defense as well. So I'd be curious to see what they would look like going up against against that Pats team and seeing what ends up happening because that's a possible 2-3 matchup um, during the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. And I'm curious to see what ends up happening um, between those two teams. Yeah. 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 It's going to be an interesting week. I, I'm not sure how many great football games are this week, but I do think a lot of the games have huge playoff implications. They do. They have a ton of playoff implications. And, we're we're heading towards the playoffs. We're heading to like this is like the final um, home stretch, final month of the season, regular season. Are there any like bold predictions that you have for the for the last month or so of the season at all? In terms of bold prediction, I do think. Uh, I mean, I do think the Patriots here put up a pretty. I mean, a pretty sneaky, like, 12-4 and four season here, right? I think, I mean, it's not exactly a huge, bold prediction, but 12-4 and four for this Patriots team, like, they look more like a 10-6 and six kind of team. But 12-4 uh, and four for them, I think, would be quite good and sort of lock up the second seed. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy in terms of bold predictions here. Um, like we said, Patriots... Chiefs, we have the Texans, Steelers, you know, Chargers, but then this last one, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll stick with my Colts for now, right? I think Mm -hmm. that they are able to find their groove again. I'll I'll, I'll say that that Colts lost to the Jaguars was a bit of a trap game. Hmm. I think that's fascinating. Um, I think my bold prediction is going to be that the Chargers end up winning the AFC West against against the Chiefs. Hmm. Interesting. I I just can't trust that Chargers team. Yeah. I mean, I think I think obviously the Chargers and the Chiefs have one more game left um, on the schedule, but I think I think the Chargers end up uh, taking the AFC West against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are going to have to play. Um, in the wild card weekend, that's a that's a pretty bold prediction. I I don't think I'd go there, but uh, I do like the boldness of it. Yeah. Um, so moving on from all yeah, moving on from like all the playoff picture type of stuff, um, and like all this stuff talking about the NFL. Let's talk about our fantasy teams. Um, mm-hmm. How like this this past week is typically um, the end of the regular season. So how did you end up doing, Mike? Because I got a first round bye, which I'm happy about. I I got seeded number two, um, came in second at the end of the regular season. So I have a nice little bye uh, for this week. So I don't have to worry about fantasy. Thank God. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm kind of sitting pretty. I'm pretty happy with the way my team looks. Um, I ended up losing this past week, but it wasn't that big of a deal because it didn't really affect the playoff picture for me or my seating or anything like that. Um, it looks like Jared Cook kind of came up big in terms of um, that being a pickup for me, um, and he's looked pretty solid for me um, at tight end. And, yeah, I'm pretty excited because I have a week off and a carefree week of not caring about fantasy and the stress that comes along with it. Um, What about yourself? I know you had Kareem Hunt on one of your teams. Uh, So what is the update on on your fantasy 
uh, look like, team looks like? Yeah, so I have, uh, I'm in two leagues right now. My first league, right, you know, this is the one with Kareem Hunt. I was, I stuck in with a five and six record for that sixth seed, and I actually managed to win my first playoff game. All right, so the playoff games are two game, uh, two weeks, actually. So we aggregate the, the scores from those two weeks. And across these two weeks, I was actually able to get uh, the win against the third seed here, right? But unfortunately, with Kareem Hunt out, I'm probably going to get destroyed the next week, right? And I, I have Lamar Miller and Adrian Peterson as my RB1 and RB2. Okay. I mean, Adrian Peterson did not, he, he ended up having that 90 yard touchdown this week. Uh, that was pretty exciting. And Lamar Miller's kind of found his footing again. Like he's been able to get a decent workload um, as the Texans lead back. So it's not like it's inconceivable, but who are you playing uh, that has you so worried? Uh, so I believe I'm going to be playing um, the team with Gurley. <laughs> okay. So, so, uh, yeah, not looking good for me. And then what about your other league? What is it looking like in that other league? So the other league, unfortunately, a bit of a rough week. Uh, we have a, a $75 prize, the top score of the regular season, and I came second in that. Um, and to make matters worse, I actually lost my final game of the week this week because Zach Ertz just needed to get one more point. But uh, lost this week. I'm still the third seed, but I did miss out on a first week bye here. So you are sweating it out this week while I'm sitting at home, just chilling, not worrying too much, which is a nice, <coughs> nice little gift because you only have to win one playoff. At least in my league, the way it's structured is I only have to want, win one playoff game um, after the bye week to finish in the money and make my money back. So. Hopefully I can get a a win in the playoffs and it's all dependent on matchups and things like that. So I feel like fantasy is a crapshoot in the playoffs. So we'll see what ends up happening. Any, uh, so any sort of matchup decisions that you're thinking about? No, I, I feel like my team is relatively set in terms of like who I'm, who I'm putting out there now. Uh, Big Ben's at quarterback for me, and then I have Devontae Julio Jones at wide receiver. Um, my running backs are pretty solid in terms of Aaron Jones and Saquon. And then I've been going Jared Cook over Jimmy Graham lately. And then my flex position, it's kind of been trying to decide between Brandon Cooks and Lamar Miller. But I've been going with Cooks. Um, I might have to rotate Lamar Miller the way he's performed. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I have too many decisions to be making. Yeah, please sit Lamar Miller and sacrifice him so my Lamar Miller plays well. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I just feel like that's how fantasy works. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening this week for you. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping for good luck for your both of your teams. Um, uh, hopefully, there's no early exits for you. Um and hopefully you're able to win some money back um, in in your leagues. Yeah, so my team relies a lot on Amari Cooper. So I'm just gonna, keep throwing in the ball, Dak. That's probably gonna, all you're hoping for. Live and die, live and die. I hope uh, you know. I hope it's a big shootout against Philly this weekend. Yeah, I mean because Amari, like during that Thanksgiving Day game, kind of brought you some magic there. So uh, hopefully he's able to replicate some of that success and uh, kind of carry you to victory. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed, but never feel good about throwing Amari. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's been a very up and down season for him. So, Mike, thanks for coming on again, um, talking about fantasy, talking about the NFL. Um, it's really interesting to hear some of your thoughts about the playoff picture Um, And it's starting to get more crystallized, but there's a lot of teams that are still in the mix, probably like from like one through 10 in each conference. It's like there's people still in the mix for uh, the second wildcard spot. So I'm curious to see how it all plays out um, in the upcoming weeks. 
And I look forward to having you back on next week so we can react to all of these games. Looking forward to it, Kev. Have a, have a great week, and uh, let's get some good football matches. Yeah, I mean, I would say let's go Jets, but I'm almost hoping they lose so that we can get a top five pick. So Yeah, I'm not, not going to watch a, watch a minute of this game here. So basically, maybe I'll do like a let's go Jets in a sarcastic type of tone so that they reverse jinx in some ways. So let's go Jets. Yeah, I like that. Let's go Jets. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right, Mike, thanks for coming back on, and I will talk to you next week. All right, talk to you next week. Take care.